Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Royal Caribbean Cruise Line uh, sailing itineraries. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Howdy. All right. Uh, as I said, uh, we're going to talk about Royal Caribbean Cruise Line itineraries on this show. Um, one of the things that we've done in the past is we've concentrated a lot on the different ships. Uh, Royal Caribbean has a very large fleet, and the ships are very different, and their decor is different, and their amenities are different, and shows, and we've talked about food and things like that. So we wanted to take some time and actually talk about itineraries, ports of call, uh, where ships depart, because I think that this is an important part of anyone's decision on how to choose a cruise. Not just about the ship, where are they going, am I going to enjoy the ports of call. And as we go through some of these, we can't go through all of them. There's just too many, especially with Royal Caribbean, just too many to, to cover in one show. As we go through the ones that we find sort of the most exotic and the most interesting, we can talk a little bit about uh, ports that we visited and places that we've seen and sort of add our two cents and our comments along the way. So we're going to start off with uh, Tracy's going to show us what her first itinerary is. What you got for us, Tracy? First, we'll talk about the Bahamas sailings again. Um, I know when we had done the Disney Cruise Line itinerary show, we did the same thing. Um, with the Bahamas, it tends to be a year-round, three, four-night, um, you know, usually from a Florida port. Um Hey, keep going. Oh, I got distracted. <laughs> That's right. I know something shiny appeared. I know something shiny was back there on, on Oliver's forehead. I try forehead. my to distract you. I really do. Oliver was shiny. I apologize. Um, so again, these are your three and four nights, often introductory cruises. Um, with Royal Caribbean and really a lot of the other lines, they're typically not putting their best ship on this itinerary. Right. This itinerary is often, you know. A lot of Florida people are on them usually. You know, you're getting away for a quick weekend. These are kind of itineraries that sell themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're typically not, you're not seeing the best of the ships on these itineraries. Um, they also do a seven-night Bahamas from New Jersey on the Anthem. Anthem is one of the newer ships, and it's doing seven-night Bahamas, typically first part of the year and the last part, so maybe like January to April, uh, again in the fall from October to December, it would do seven-night. Now, I'll tell you, this is like a stop in Nassau, maybe a stop in Port Canaveral. These are not exciting itineraries. You're coming from New Jersey, so you can imagine sailing in January. Your first day or maybe even to the second day are going to be a little cool. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I would say on this type of sailing, the ship is really the focus. Oh, the Anthem, you know? like you mentioned, their right. newest, exactly. newest line of ship, not the newest ship. Um, they definitely want to show off that ship. But also I think what you have is um, I do believe you have people possibly from the Northeast who are saying, listen, I've got to get away and get someplace exactly. warm. Yep. This is a great itinerary to go yep. on. It's an easy way just to kind of, especially if you are, a, you know, a family of four, you have a couple, couple kids Adding airfare to Florida may add to the expense right. or the time away. So it is definitely an interesting option. Um, it's just not, I wouldn't call this a really exciting itinerary, right. that's for sure. It wouldn't be the purpose of choosing this cruise, I don't think. Um, and that's kind of with Royal Caribbean in general. Royal Caribbean has a very large fleet. So 
generally speaking, everybody, I'm always worried about people being disappointed when they go to Royal Caribbean. They hear us all talking. They hear us talking about these great features and, and all of the, but we're not talking about all ships across the fleet. That is true. You know, with the Oasis class ships, they have very specific things. So you're not always getting, you know, the high end Oasis class. Um, I think that's all I can say about Bahamas. I mean, it's so, it's so hard. I mean, there's a dozen different variations of that, of course. Right. But just to kind of give you an idea of what a Bahamas sailing typically happens. After that, um, we can talk about the Caribbean sailings. These are your seven-night um, eastern, western. Often you will find these are the larger, newer ships. Again, this is probably... Probably, I would say the biggest. I mean, I think the the itinerary we're displaying now is for the Oasis of the Seas. This one is at a Port Canaveral now. Um, the Allure and the Harmony would do very similar itineraries, but they would do those out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, you'll see here that Royal Caribbean throws a Nassau in their Eastern Caribbean itinerary, and I think it has to do with the fact that they don't have a stop at their private island. So I don't know if it's size of ship or why they do that, um, but it's not doing a, a Coco Key or Labadee stop. So my guess is they're throwing in Nassau for that reason. And we talked about these ports, St. Thomas, St. Martin, very um, tourist-driven, tourist-oriented. Mm-hmm. You're going to find lots of shore excursions for anything you want to do, basically. And if you don't want to do anything, you can just go shopping Yeah, and just hang out. Yeah, and you know, stay on the ship. A lot yeah. of people will... We'll treat a port to maybe get off for a little bit, but then enjoy the ship for the rest of the day when it's quiet and everybody else is off. So there's a lot of things you can do there. Um, I think the next slide, Oliver, will be a seven-night Western Caribbean. Okay. Again, same idea. These are, you know, you're talking about Cozumel. You're talking about, um, you know, Jamaica and this Grand Cayman. Usually this will do a stop in uh, Royal Caribbean's private, private island, Labadee. Um, and it's, it's in Haiti, and people are like, you're going to Haiti? Yeah, it's, it's so like, scared, yep. It's so not Haiti. Right, it is right, not <laughs> you're Haiti. You're kind of like, if, you know, you can kind of see it on the map. You're kind of on the tip. It's just, it's a very um, modernized area for this. Also insulated, you know. It's yes. it's apart from really the main part of the island. You know, it's right. You know, it's very safe, very... If it's your thing, it's a great beach vacation. It's a very, it's a nice beach stop, for sure. Sometimes on a Western Caribbean as well, you may see a stop like uh, Belize or Honduras. Um, Royal Caribbean will tend to do some of those as well. And again, it'll just vary for itinerary ship. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a ton of different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, stops in Falmouth. Nice thing about Falmouth is um, Royal Caribbean. I don't know if they did it exclusively at first, and now other cruise lines can go there. But this new port is very sanitized for your protection type of thing. People say, I don't want to get off the ship. I'm going to be scared. People are going to be pushy and try to sell me things. This is very much a a controlled environment. It's an outside wall. It really almost is. Yeah. And it's it's, I like it there because it gives you a little idea of – of what the port's Flavor. about. If you wanted to go outside of there, you I would say you would take an excursion. Right. I wouldn't venture out on my own there without there taking an organized who did excursion. It. If you yep. go past that shopping area, you can get a cab, you can get taxis mm-hmm. and yep. all that stuff. But yeah, sure. Um, so then there's also Royal Caribbean has the Southern Caribbean itineraries as well. Again, they'll have different versions of this. I love this. Yeah. 
So at what, at what point? This particular one is out of Fort Lauderdale. So as you can see with an itinerary like this out of Fort Lauderdale, you've got those two sea days on either side. So now you're a, it's a four sea day sailing. 11, 12 nights tends to be the norm. And you end up um, a lot of those really more southern, like Barbados, St. Lucia, Aruba, um, maybe Antigua will be in there. Sometimes there'll be a San Juan stop. Um, so really, for the most part, islands that a lot of people don't go to because you're doing these quick seven-night eastern-western. So uh, a lot of appeal there. People like it because it goes from Fort Lauderdale. I got to tell you, if I looking at an itinerary like this, I would almost rather make the flight to San Juan and then do that seven night as opposed also, to Also, this is an older ship, an older, smaller ship. Right, right. And this will be the case almost all cruise lines. Disney is the exception. When I say all cruise lines, please know that I probably mean Disney is the exception because Disney has four ships in their fleet. Most other cruise lines have much larger fleets. So on a port-intensive cruise, they're not putting their best ship. Um, they are Because the ship's not the star, the itinerary is. So these seven nights out of San Juan, these may not be the best as far as ship that the fleet has to offer. Um, but you're, you know, you're very port-intensive on these cruises. The ships are still very nice. Yeah, it's not to say that there's right. anything. I just I always notice because every time you see Royal Caribbean commercial on TV, you see oh yeah they show the anthem or the right. harmony and, and it's then beautiful. you know people will book another ship and it's like okay so you know it's not right. that right so it's just a matter of making sure you understand what you're getting so that you're not disappointed. Um, where are we going next? Let's go to Europe next. Yeah, let's go to Europe. Actually, just before we do that, I just want to add a couple things. Um, these departures, these can be from Florida ports. There can be, you know, they might be doing something from Galveston. They could be doing something, uh, even parts of the year where we had mentioned New Jersey, they might be doing some something out of Baltimore for part of the year. Alaska. Um, so well, talk about these southern. These Caribbean. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Caribbean. So the Caribbean sailings, there's a number of ports available. It just would depend on the time of year. Right. They're not from all ports all year round. Again, I want to stress the fact that there's just too much for us to cover right. in one show. There's too many individual itineraries. So we're going to give you an idea. Uh, you know, Whatever you're looking for for a cruise, if you come to us and you say, listen, I like that. I want to go to the Southern Caribbean, but I live here. What's the closest departure port? We can find that for you. Yeah, and, and typically for a southern, uh, on a southern, almost exclusively, you have to go out of the coast of, like, you know, the, the Florida coast or San Juan. I know they have occasionally done one out of, um, I think, the Anthem maybe is doing one out of New Jersey or something. But you end up with so many sea days along the way. I think you're shorting yourself. What on did these we do southern that on? Caribbean islands. Do we do that on the Freedom one year? I remember enjoying it. I remember we had a really good yes. time. The this ship- goes back to 2004, yeah. and we had ticket. We had a cruise to Alaska, and all the hurricanes happened that summer. So they gave us a voucher to use, but we had a certain amount of time to do it. And we took a repositioning cruise out of uh, Bayonne, Cape, Cape Liberty, which was very new at the time, and we had, I believe, twelve sea days to Aruba. And then, or 10 sea days to Aruba, we stopped in Aruba and then sailed back to Miami. That was the only stop. But we enjoyed it, but we enjoyed being on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you, you just have to know that going in, that some of these departures, while it might be very convenient to depart from New Jersey, right. you, it, there's still a, a logistics issue to get you to that southern part of the Caribbean mm. or in the Caribbean or Bahamas where you want to be. Um, so now let's go to Europe. Yay. Yay. Yay, Europe. To Italy. I want to go to Italy. Oh, my God. So, again, Royal Caribbean is going to do the typical, the meds between 7 and 14 nights. There's going to be your Greece, your Spain, um, Italy, France. You know, for lack of a better word, the typical, you know, the usual ones. Um, And these will, I think Royal Caribbean will do more of this than Disney. They'll have more ships. Disney's sending one ship for the summer. So they've got to be strategic about where that ship is, mm-hmm. whereas Royal Caribbean may have two or so three ships. So there might be eight or ten sailings in, right. on, a, on a Disney ship. Yeah. Royal Caribbean's going to do multiple sailings. Plus, and, right. Yeah. And so as you can see on this particular one, you know, that we were looking at the 12 night, you know, you're overnighting in Venice, which I think is a big plus. Tremendous. Um, you know, so you've got... Uh, you're going to Rome on this one again. We, I think we talked about it on a previous show, how far you can be from Rome. So, you know, it's a short visit to Rome by the time you get the bus in and out. But it's there. Again. I will not. Which word again? Chittavecchia. One of the things about Venice is we've done a cruise that stops in Venice, Royal Caribbean cruise that stops in Venice. And because we did not know enough about where the cruise docked, there was a little bit of anxiety on our end, how we were going to get to the center of Venice. Royal Caribbean caused that, they, they caused it. They told us that Venice was going to be inundated with people for the Venice Film Festival. What they didn't tell us was it had started, it would start two days after us. Mm. Venice was not inundated because of the film festival, but they told us if we got off the ship, we might not be able to get back because there would be no taxis. None of that was true. There was also, you know, a question of, well, where do we get the Vaporetto? We don't know. Here's the deal. When you dock, Royal Caribbean docks in Venice, you are right by a Vaporetto station. Literally steps. For those who don't know, the Vaporetto is the water water bus. Yeah, water bus. It's not really a taxi so much as it's a water city bus. Right. It's a boat. So easy, easy ride into Venice. You can drop right off at St. Mark's Square. Plenty of time. And when you overnight... Um, you have to be aware of getting back to the ship as public transportation is still going on, but you don't even have to come back to the ship. Right. You know, you can stay in Venice overnight if you're mm-hmm. so inclined. So something like that's awesome. And again, uh, Europe uh, uh, season will tend to be April-ish, April, May to October. Um, so they'll be sailing Europe itineraries during those summer months, but also there'll be a transatlantic for each of the ships. You know, wherever they're coming from as they're repositioning. Right. So, you know, on either end of that Europe season, you'll find some transatlantic sailings We've done as that. Well. We've done that where the, tra- the that sailing got us to where we wanted to be in Europe, and then we started something else. Right. I also want to point to things like Barcelona, starting in and uh, coming into and leaving Barcelona. Beautiful city. A lot to do, a lot of sightseeing to do there. So certainly something worth coming in a day ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely There are some ports that. where you come in a day ahead of time and you feel, you know, you're wasted your day, not Barcelona, for sure. Right. Um, I think the next one should be a next slide should be a northern a northern delights. delights. That's yeah. the one. These really interest me. Um, you know, you, if you look at the, some of the places that you're visiting on this, Norway and Finland, and Russia. To me, this is a great way to see Russia. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. You know, I don't believe I would ever go to Russia. Right. 
I don't know if I need to get into it, <laughs> but their human rights uh, right. positions are not to my liking. So I don't believe I would ever go to Russia. However, I would stay on the boat. You also, you have to have a special visa. You have to have a special permit. If you are, um, if you're taking a ship shore excursion, you're covered under a blanket visa. Right. If you're taking a private shore excursion, then you would need your own um, visa. And there's different, there's definitely different rules involved. Um, But for a lot of people who thought this is something they would love to do, this is kind of an interesting way to see it. You're not spending hotel money. You're right. not. You know. You're like. You're not supporting an economy. You're. You're strictly taken from it the piece that you want. And the advice the I've always heard too is that if you do go to St. Petersburg, you should go with a tour. Yes. You should not go on Absolutely. your own. Uh, however. You know, this is one port of many on this right. itinerary. I mean, the you go to this itinerary, awesome. you know, right. with Copenhagen and, right. and Helsinki. And, I mean, it's... Easy. On our last cruise that we did where we toured, uh, we went to the Greek islands. We chose not to get off the ship in Kuzadasi, Turkey. Mm-hmm. There had just recently been issues in Turkey, and we just thought it was best not to get off the ship. Still a great way to spend the day. So if I can ship. just kind of say that... With a lot of the other cruise lines, Royal Caribbean, we're talking about today, there are a lot of varieties to what they're doing in Europe. You know, whether it's Northern Europe, whether it's Med, a combination, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot there because they do have more inventory there. They have, you know, two or three ships sailing there. So I also feel like Royal Caribbean is, you know, Disney is sticking to those itineraries. Rocket Moon is going to more interesting places. I think so, because I think um, Disney has one ship, as I said. Mm-hmm. So they have to, I think they kind of have to put that ship on the more popular, popular highlights, the right? highlights, you know, whereas once you, you've got more than just that one ship, you can start, maybe you can keep one on the popular stuff and be a little bit more creative with the other and i think when you have so many ships in the fleet royal caribbean's been around a really long time you have so many people looking for something different to do i just think they have they're they're able to fill the state rooms a little bit more absolutely so that's kind of what i wanted to do with this europe partnership we know we kind of know what disney's doing we talked about on another show this is kind of showing you there are this is what else some of the others are doing um, where should we go next? Let's go South Pacific. Let's go to Australia. Let's go there. I would go to wow. Australia. <laughs> so if you look, um, Royal Caribbean puts a ship in, usually this is like a January to April, end of the year, November, December. Um, they're doing some round trip from Sydney stuff, but then they're also doing um, the South Pacific where they're not just doing Australia ports, that they're venturing out a little bit. I know you guys had done a Trans-Pacific from it. Sydney. Got it. But the Got cruise this. had started in Sydney and gone all the way around Australia and was back in Sydney. And there were people who had started yes. and stayed on. Right. And I was talking to one couple, and they had already been on the ship for 45 days. Mm-hmm. And what they were going to do was they the ship was going to sail from Sydney through the South Pacific Islands. We went to Fiji, Morea, and Bora Bora. Bora. 
And then, and our cruise ended in Hawaii, but then there was a Hawaii to Seattle repositioning mm-hmm. cruise. And what they were going to do was they had gotten on the city, went all the way around the uh, the country, and then went to Hawaii, and then on to Seattle. That is a whole lot of sea days. It is a lot of sea days. So I like this 10-night uh, South Pacific, just to kind of give you an idea of what's happening from that area. Um, you know, we talked, there's the round trip that are, is doing Australia ports. They're doing, uh, they have some other itineraries that include New Zealand as well. They have a 14-night that's doing Australia and New Zealand. So there's a lot happening in that part of the world in cruising that a lot of people who are used to Disney or have only cruised Disney are unaware Mm, you know, sure. a lot of people are unaware that there's a whole other world out there of cruising that Disney doesn't even touch on. This also opens up that part of the world to a whole different clientele for Royal Caribbean. Right. You have people who can get to Australia a lot easier than it is to get to Port Canaveral or Florida or, you know, L.A. or something like that. So this opens up not only the Australian population, but even, you know, Asia and other areas. So, I mean... It's hard for me to talk a lot about these itineraries because it's not something we do a lot of. So I don't have the same kind of back of my hand knowledge as I do of some of the other stuff. But yeah, uh, I have never been to any of these places except right, Sydney. right. Yeah, I can't talk about any of them. And so I just thought it was interesting to kind of spotlight what is happening um, and what else is out there for sure. Um, also, this kind of brings us to Hawaii a little bit. A lot of people say, I want to cruise to Hawaii. There's a lot of misunderstanding about how to cruise to Hawaii. There really only is two ways. One is doing a round trip of the Hawaiian Islands, and it's only Norwegian's Pride of America that's doing that on a regular basis. And that's because in order to do that, there are no other countries involved. The ship sails under an American flag, um, so it can do that particular itinerary. The other lines can't do that. So if they're doing Hawaii, it's a one-way. It's a, a Trans-Pacific, like what you did. It's a one-way often from the West Coast. So maybe, right. you know, Vancouver or, you know, could be from Seattle. I think Royal Caribbean uses Vancouver. Disney Whereas they're did. doing a 10 or 11-night one-way. What was Disney's out of L.A.? Out of LA? out of, uh, Disney but did it out of Vancouver, Vancouver I believe. Vancouver, okay. That. Um, there are ships that sail to Hawaii. One of the problems is that the ship has to stop at a foreign port once it leaves the United States. So very often, if there is a cruise to Hawaii, you have to go to Ensenada, Mexico first before you go on to Hawaii. So typically, I know with Royal Caribbean, there's usually a couple of these a year. Um, You know, what's a 10 or 11 night from Vancouver to Hawaii? I wouldn't be surprised then if it's the ship that's doing Hawaii and heading Mm -hmm. to heading to Australia. So if you think about it, you know, logistically the, the ship's kind of, you know, moving yep. around. The problem bit. with that though is, you know, you say these great things like we talked about our South Pacific sailing and people go, I want to do that. Well, there's one. Right. You know, you, right. you have to go at that time and that's it. And it's and, the same thing with Hawaii. And you have to get to Sydney. Yeah, which is a right. haul. It's, and it's the same thing with Hawaii. And I know D- Disney tried it once. Um, it was the same thing. It gets, it's four or five sea days. And then you're in Hawaii for this much time. Right. And so, you know, for a lot of people, when they start to look at it, and it's not, they're not cheap sailings like the transatlantics are going to Europe, right? So when you look at it and you think, well, or I could fly to Hawaii and have all of these days in Hawaii right. instead of on the ocean. So it's not as easy. And do know that Hawaii does only depart from, like, 
it has to depart from the West Coast, you're going to get a Hawaii cruise from Florida. That's right. So, um, so then I, let's talk about Asia, Southeast Asia. Royal Caribbean is doing a little bit in that part of the world. Um, they've put the quantum in out of Shanghai for most of the year. It'll it'll switch out a little bit here and there and do a little bit at a, some of the other ports. But for the most part, it's the quantum. There might be a couple other cruise lines over there. They are, in my opinion, if it's if you want to cruise this part of the world, I don't know that Royal Caribbean's doing enough yet there with enough itineraries and unique things. I've I compared this when I was looking to a couple of celebrity ones. I would say if you want to cruise this part of the world, we'd look at Royal Caribbean, but I would tr- probably have you look at celebrity. I, I think they're a lot more interesting. I'm under the impression that this itinerary and, and Royal Caribbean in this part of the world is specifically for the Chinese. It's well, this really is, yeah, this is, they do call this a cultural cruise. Right. And if I go to book this, it comes up with a little note to tell me it's a cultural cruise and a blurb to tell me what this is. Basically telling me that this is a cruise that's in a, the part of, a part of the world that is, and it's catering to those that live in that part of the world. Right. Even the so, ship has been modified. It has been. Yeah, the yeah. ship has been changed to sort of appeal to that the taste right. and color schemes and things like that, right. which is I think is fantastic. I, I agree completely. It. And while you may, there will I'm sure be English speaking people on board. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the first language right. that's spoken. Um, so I think if you want a full cultural experience, it's kind of a cool way to get it. But you need to be aware that that's what you're right. signing up for and what you're getting. Yeah, I agree. For. We've looked at itineraries, and it seems like celebrity really has a lot they more do. and a lot more interesting ones. They do. We were looking at a celebrity itinerary and kind of thinking, "Hey, I could hit, I could do this and hit some Disney parks." Right. Exactly. You know, so that was a little more interesting to me. Um, I believe what Royal Caribbean is doing. I'm not their target audience. And I believe most of the people listening to us are also not their target audience for this. This is a very local cultural thing. Um, I think that's pretty well all I want to say about this. Again, it's not an area I sell a lot and I don't know a lot of specifics about it. So let's go because it's just a seamless. Let's go to Alaska now. (laughs) There we go. <laughs> so, I th- we have talked before, a couple times about how to cruise Alaska. And basically, there's two ways to do it. There's the round trip from the West Coast, Vancouver, Seattle, usually. Um, you know, you come up a little bit, and then you come on back down. You might hit Skagway and Juneau. Or, so, Royal Caribbean certainly has those. Royal Caribbean is typically using Seattle for their round trips. Um, we've done one as a group. Two years ago, I believe it was, we have another group this summer going to Alaska doing a round trip from Seattle. That's July 28th. If anybody's still interested, there might still be some room. This is not a, this is not a typical podcast group. This is not a special, you know, going to be lots of special things going on group. It's just a group of people that are traveling together to a destination that interests them. True. Um, but what I want to just really spotlight on this one is the one-way cruise. This is the, you're cruising from, in this case, Vancouver, and you're cruising north um, to Seward? Seward? Seward or Seward. Anchorage. Yeah. So Seward is where you would cruise into, and then there would be transportation from there. So from Seward, you would then 
by bus get more into the interior of Alaska, to Fairbanks, Denali. So what this is called is called a cruise tour. So now, as you can see with this, day one to eight, you're cruising. And this particular one I chose has, I think, five land nights. But you can get them all the way from two to five to six land nights, depending on what you want it. And with these, now you're really getting into Alaska. This is where you're really seeing your scenery. You're, you know, see a lot of wildlife. Your hotel stays would be included um, along the way. And you would basically be traveling during the day. And staying in hotels. Have you ever done one of these? I've not. This is this is probably my dream trip. If if this summer Alaska wasn't a work thing, I would do one of these Alaskas instead. I would be very curious to see what the how easy it is to get in and out of Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's quite easy. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I have helped people book airfare out of Fairbanks. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have people who do the Alaska ABD. Who then travel on, so airfare has to. Right. Yep. Fairbanks is a large airport. Okay. And you have to remember during these months when this is happening, April to or May to it's September. It's not storming, is it? Right. And it's also a very popular thing to do. Yeah. So um, there's a lot. There are a lot of options, and it's fairly easy to do. We've always talked about doing one of the ones where you add the train. Right. And so Royal Caribbean, I don't know that they have any that do train if they're all by bus. Some of the other cruise lines. We'll do some train as well. Royal Caribbean might, actually. I think um, I saw a commercial where they had the train. Yes. And I don't you, know you, how I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> I get all my information from commercials. You, from TV. <laughs> um, so these are really, really cool trips. This is the this is you've already done, you know, like for us, we've done the round trip Alaska now a couple times. And you get a little piece of what Alaska is, and it makes you really want to see what else is up. And so the farther north you get. You know, the more you're really into the heart of Alaska. So these are really cool trips, um, and I think uh, definitely worth a look. So uh, I talked about the one ways. I talked about the round trips. We talked about the cruise tours. Um, Where are we going next, Oliver? There you are. Let's go to, oh, let's talk about Bermuda. I don't think we have a slide for Bermuda, but let me talk about that quickly. Um, Basically, a Bermuda cruise is happening from um, usually New York or New Jersey. I know the Anthem is doing it over the summer months. Again, tends to be more over the summer months. Um, And generally speaking, five nights, you would cruise to Bermuda overnight, Usually in King's Wharf, the ship would dock for the night, and then you're cruising back. So, you know, usually like a sea day on either side, a couple nights in Bermuda. These, from what I understand, can sometimes be rough crossings, depending. Oh, yeah. um, You know, just that route you're taking. But fairly popular from from These are quick getaways for people in the Northeast. Easy in and out. Not a lot of days off. For sure, I could definitely see people doing that. Excellent. Perfect. So let's finish again. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that was a pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> it was. That, no, it was a pause. For, it was a pause for applause. Yeah. I hope you're all standing at this point. Um, let's again. I save the best for last. Um, Canada and New England. This again is a. A very seasonal thing, obviously, due to weather. September, October. You might get the odds itinerary happening at the end of the summer. Um, these will go from New Jersey 
maybe Boston. Um, there's one particular one that I wanted to spotlight. Yep, do you have the slide up, Oliver? Thank you. Yes. This one, as you can see, is a lot of uh, New England. So it's doing, you know, Boston and, and Portland and Bar Harbor. Um, but this one ends in Quebec City. So you're coming up and around Canada and ending in Quebec City, which is really unique. Quebec City, I actually haven't been there yet, but I'm planning on going this summer. From what I understand, has a very old European feel to it, mm-hmm. um, and is, looks is a beautiful city. So, you know, you're, again, you're getting more into the, you know, you're going to Charlottetown on this one and Prince Edward Island, more into you know the heart of Nova Scotia in Cape Breton Island and Sydney. So this is um, this is probably one of the popular itineraries. I've sold a few of these actually. What did we do when we did a the, our New England? Our um, our Canada cruise. Did we stop in New England at all? No, that no. no, we didn't. No, it was just um, we had done Halifax okay. and New Brunswick. We had done St. John in New Brunswick. So, yes. so this one was unique. You know, ending in Quebec City. There'll also be some round trip out of New Jersey doing, and again, very short season. September, October, a little bit of summer. Well, this one's called the 13-night fall foliage. Yeah, or... uh, this one would be a... The good news is it looks like you could just walk from Quebec to Cape Liberty. Pretty it much. like it's really close. Yeah, it's very close. Good. Very close. Taxi, get an Uber. <laughs> Uber. <laughs> so I, this, it feels a little, as we're talking about this, it feels like a little bit of a hodgepodge. It feels like a lot of information that we're sharing. Um, it's really just to kind of get the point out that there are there's a lot of options out there. Um, typically, these kinds of cruises we're talking about, you know, this this Canadian cruise, we're talking about Alaska. These are cruises where the destination is the star. These are not ship focused cruises. They're not on the newer ships. No, they're... and there's and I think you've probably heard me say this before. There are different reasons to cruise. And so sometimes the ship is the focus. And with what Royal Caribbean is doing with the Oasis class and these newer ships, the ship itself is almost the destination. The stop becomes secondary. These types of cruises are really for people who are destination focused, but who love cruising, who've done a lot of cruising Mm -hmm. maybe, but want something different. That's the way we are. Yeah. Uh, Last time we looked for a cruise, we thought, let's go someplace different. There are classic destinations, the, southern, right. the Eastern Caribbean, yeah. the Western Caribbean, the Southern Caribbean. I would look at these as limited edition cruises. It's exactly what they are. And, you know, Royal Caribbean will still do the typicals, you know, the, the transatlantics and the repositionings. And there'll be a lot of that happening as well with a lot of ships in the fleet. There's a lot of moving around. There's a lot of moving parts. So This is not something you're going to be able to decide, oh, I want to do that in August. I want to do that in September. <laughs> if you want to do this trip, you're going to do it when they offer it. When they offer it. Whereas yeah. opposed to a cruise to another place like eastern caribbean you can say oh i want to go february 13th right and the chances are there'll be a right you can just tell us what week you want to go and the other thing too is when there's limited dates of an itinerary they're more likely to sell out right so you got to be aware of that listen i want to make sure that you get on that particular sailing because you might miss out you talked about older ships they're also going to be slightly smaller that's right definitely smaller yeah and so just kind of be aware of that when we're talking about this i don't know that this 13 night fall foliage cruise is for the first-time cruiser. This is not the type of itinerary that I would suggest to you if you're new to cruising. Um, but this is more your, you know, what, what else is out there? I want to see different itineraries. 
Royal Caribbean really has that. You talked about Bermuda. That's the first time cruise for someone out of New Jersey. Exactly. Let me go to Bermuda, see if I like it. I know the destination. There's also something to be said about what you're looking for in a vacation. This is not going to be a layout in the deck in the sun and drink boat drinks for your entire cruise. Especially in September or October. Right. This is more about, you know, you're visiting New England towns during the height of all the fall Sightseeing and things like that, for sure. And if you go to the Eastern Caribbean in August, you are not going to see any leaves change. No. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Yikes. All right. Excellent. Um, You can book any of these itineraries, any of these destinations with us, dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, or you can write to any of us on the panel, and we will make sure we get you the right place to get a quote. Also want to remind folks that we offer a shipboard credit for all of our Royal Caribbean clients, up to $500 on your sailing, depending on the price. So, you know, money to spend on board, beautiful scenery, great ports of call. How can you lose, right? Thank you, Tracy, for all your hard work. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.